This is JFM Podcast. Beautiful morning to you then. Thank you so much for choosing J101.9 FM. You're on to the show. Let's talk. Today is the Thursday in the month of July 2023. A day Nigerians are still looking at the hardship that has come with a lot of economic policies. Is it from the increased price of fuel, the electricity tariff, also um, the tax which is a thousand naira on certificate of ownership for motorists and a lot of other economic policies nigerians are still battling and wondering and how best they can survive in this trying time for some people it, it doesn't look really easy for some it seems like this is the right step in the right direction a lot of people have their comments on this and i'm sure that this weekend there are not lots of cars on the roads because everybody was trying to make sure that they go to places that was actually necessary or important to them. And also, over the weekend, we saw the EU observers actually give their report on the assessment on the general election. And they made their comments. And also, the presidency also made their comments, which is something we'll look at too today. But welcome to the show. My name is Abigail Seaman. And I'm not alone. I'm joined by Mika Amisi. Mika, lovely morning to you. Good morning, Abigail. Good morning to our listener. She said, a beautiful Monday morning, it's third day of July. We're here again. Um, Nigeria has gone through. I think I want. I don't want to say the whole gamut, but in the last one month, we've gone through sadness, probably the five phases of grief in one month. Happiness. There's a new administration. So, you know, pain. This belief at the Seth, a certain announcement made. Um, and it's, it has all happened so fast. While some people, like you said, are. Uh, happy that the country is some say moving in the right direction some people do not necessarily share such sentiments and i think it's important that as a people and as a country that we allow ourselves to i don't want to say go through the fire because too many times in nigeria we've gone through fire and the fires have not left us better than we were most times it has left us more more worse that left us you know into ash however there's some level of optimism however some might say unfounded those optimisms are however uninformed some might say those optimisms are there's some level of optimism among some certain group of nigerians that the things we are going through right now will lead to something better in the end but the reality on ground is that nigerians are going through lots and while there is, should be some level of understanding as to, yes, in getting better, you'd have to get worse first. Like they often say, to build something magnificent, sometimes you'd have to destroy an edifice to the ground. There also needs to be some level of support. And that's when Nigerians are asking, of what use is the government if at every turn we suffer? Of what use is paying tax if at every turn we suffer? Of what use is the excitement which, which some people, you know, were, had when the elections were, results were called and, you know, new presidents were sworn in? Of what use are those excitements if the first sign of a policy leaves us begging and worse off than we were before? 
Nigeria as a country, I wouldn't say has never had it this bad because I don't know how far back it was. But in recent history, probably in the last 30 years or more, we've not had it this bad. We've not had it this terrible where people are pleading for the basic, most basic of necessities. Inflation numbers are going to 25% this year. And so I'm hoping that in the coming weeks, in the coming years, that the presidency and his team of experts will do the needful. And I also want to say to every Nigerian out there whose breath has been held waiting for the results of the petition tribunal, please continue holding your breath, not to lose it though, but I think that for a country that needs to see change, we all are expecting and hoping that the petition tribunal, that the people in charge, the judges whom we've given the mandate to show us a semblance of what justice should look like. We're hoping that they do the need for, again, like I've said here on several occasions, I do not know what a good and justiciable result or announcement will be for us, but we are hoping that this moment for us as a country, the whatever decisions made at the tribunal would be a watershed moment to lead us into better things. Again, good morning, Nigeria. Good morning, and you can be a part of the conversation. Head on to our social media platform, www.facebook.com forward slash JFMJOS, and off Twitter at JFMJOS. Engage. Um, the question we're asking this morning on the election petition tribunal and the economy of country, do you agree with the EU report? And how hopeful are you that the economy will peak pace? And how soon do you think the economy will be stable and to help us dive into this conversation this morning we're joined by mr emmanuel zopmal a lovely morning to you and welcome to the show it's good to have you here good morning abigail good morning listeners out there good morning welcome to the show um let's let's begin from the economy which is still something worth talking about today it's still in the front burner we've seen a lot of policies come up when economically that has come up in the country um this administration in 30 days have shaking this country shaking some nigerians i wanted to get your view generally what you think about the nigerian economy since this new administration came into power it's been 30 days it's been a month now what is your view on generally on the nigerian economy well abigail um the president um in my own opinion seems to be someone who takes unilateral decisions. He seems to be someone who doesn't go for consultations before taking decisions or bringing up new policies. Now, for example, the total removal of foil subsidy. We know the Petroleum Industry Act clearly stated that from the day the president gives assent to the bill and it becomes a law, six months after assent of the president, the subsidy should be totally removed. That's what is there in the Petroleum Industry Act. Mm. Um, six months down the line, that was February last year to June, July last year, subsidy should have been removed, actually. But uh, former President Buhari extended it to I think sometime uh, uh, December last year to early part of this year. It wasn't removed. But whatever should have been the case, if the decision to remove the subsidy, you should 
have done a cost-benefit analysis mm. of that remover. Nigerians depend on the oil and gas sector, which is the mainstay of the economy. Foil has become an essential commodity, especially for the masses. For those doing businesses, they need to move from one place to another. Mm. And the moment you remove the foil subsidy, of course, you should know the pump price will hike mm. to any level the, the marketers can sell. Yeah. At the end of the day, the multiplier effect will be the high cost or high hyperinflation, let me put it that way, because the prices of goods and services must jack up. And who will be at the receiving end? The masses. The masses. Now, if we take our minds back to Good Luck Jonathan administration, when he embarked on partial removal of the subsidy in 2012, before that decision to be taken, he brought Shopee, that subsidy reinvestment program, subsidy removal uh, reinvestment program, Shopee, mm. in order to cushion the harsh effect of subsidy removal. And he channeled the subsidy funds which were retained or removed for basic amenities such as maternity hospitals, basically for maternities, because he discovered that um, the female gender having challenges in that sector. So he channeled that part of the money for maternity. Mm. Then part of it for transportation. So these are the two key sectors that Good Luck Jonathan reinvested the subsidy fund into. And especially in urban areas where the high level of commerce and uh, trade take place, he provided those buses so that people will have a means of movement from one place to another, especially civil servants. Now, under this administration, I think it was a reckless decision for you to have announced on the day you are to be sworn in as the president. You don't even, you've not even checked the books. You've not even felt the pains of Nigerians under the last administration. But upon your swearing in, you made a yes, such declaration, yeah. So it, 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 is, it is just a reckless decision as far as that uh, decision is concerned. Mm. It's a reckless decision because you can't control the, the harsh effect of that subsidy removal today. Now, in policy change, you, you normally you have to plan for your, the change management process. Mm. Because in any of these, what if there was a resistance to the policy which resulted in violence? How would you have controlled that? Hmm. All right? So when you are embarking on policy change, you should have to go on consultation and you set up the necessary structures for the change management process. All right? Then you bring in implementation plans for the removal. How are you going to handle these issues? Now, in this case, you look at it today. People that may not have maybe even up to one dollar you know per capita in a day yeah. how are they going to survive under this kind of economy in the first place now what is the economic you know defects of this policy one you those that maybe they don't have uh insurance health insurance 
how are they going to handle their health when they are sick? One, those civil servants that, what is their minimum wage? How much are they spending from their homes to their offices every day and coming back? Mm. At the end of the day, what is the wage bill of, you know, or what is the pay, take-home pay? Now, does that mean that civil servants are going to, when they end the money at the end of the month, they pay it for transport, transporting themselves from their homes to offices? At the end of the day, they don't have basic need in life again to cater for? Now, students, how do students manage from their respective environments to the school premises every day, to and fro? You know, so these are critical issues that I feel the policy is not yet helping matters at this moment. Mm. Rather, it's making the economy worse for the masses. But a lot of people have come and said we're moving in the, this is the right step in the right direction. If we really want to get our economy to come to par with other countries, we have to take some of these necessary steps. Yes, it's going to bite, but we would, at the long run, as they always say, we'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you? I don't agree with that. Mm. The subsidy is a, is, a, is a basic principle in economics. There are subsidy in different sectors. Mm. You go to some countries, they have subsidy in in food items. Yes. And that's why you can't import or export food to their countries. They have subsidy. In some, they have subsidy in telecommunications. That's why you have free to a uh, uh, satellite communications from some countries. So you can't say that removal of subsidy is the right step in the right direction just when it is rushly taken. That decision is taken in that manner. Now, what is our target with the subsidy remover? What do we want to achieve with that is the question. Those that are saying it's a right step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have removed the subsidy now that we are facing this kind of harsh economic situations, then what is the benefit now at the moment? So what is the hope are you putting in place that people will now say that, yes, it's the right step in the right direction? Now, for example, if we are saying oil and gas sector should be privatized. Do we have refineries in the first place? Well, we had that uh, Dangote built a refinery, then production to, you know, setting capacity of about 11 million vehicles in Nigeria, uh, they will get sufficient uh, full supply. Now, but the energy times, which is, which is the, 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 the most uh, uh, popular uh, news or maybe media outlet for energy sector mm-hmm. reported that the, the Dangote refinery will start operation sometime March next year. Yes. Some, have even, right? some have even said this might be as far as 2025. So we don't even know when that production will commence. Now, and if you heard what some are saying that like 90% of the entire funding for the refinery is from the Nigerian government, from the CBN. So if these are issues that we are talking about, then you remove the subsidy. Why didn't you revamp the, the existing refineries in the first place? Because I know the money spent in building that new refinery, half of it will revamp the entire existing refineries that we have in uh, Kaduna, Potakot, and Wari. So what is the economic benefit of that subsidy removal at the moment? No one can tell you, but because for, for convenience, Others will tell politicians can tell you, yes, we have to suffer. Now, if I will ask, 
Will Tinubu as a person, even without being president, will he feel the impact of the subsidy removal? Even if you sell the pump price at 10,000 naira, will Tinubu and his family feel the impact? Most likely will. He won't. He won't. Tinubu is well to do. So he won't feel the impact. So this, this, this elite approach, this economic bourgeoisie approach to policy making is not the best for us. If we look at the, the Niger, Niger, what was the total number of Nigerians living on below the poverty line? They said it's 133 million mm. people out of 200, right? Now, if this policy will affect them, imagine how their poverty line will deepen. You widen the poverty situation in this country. So how does that help us at this point in time? Small businesses that are depending on foil like Barbin Salon, uh, name them those small, small scale businesses. Yes. How are they going to survive? Mm. But, so is that the economic uh, benefit of the, the the removal of the subsidy? But according to reports and according to what you know, people at the hands of power have said that the removal is to curb. I'm using the word carefully to curb the um, the the corruption already existing in the fuel industry. They say that a lot of people, powerful people close to the government and close to power, most times, you know, get this fuel subsidized, then go sell it into other countries. We saw, um, I think some weeks ago, where some... Um, Drivers in Cameroon complained about the fuel subsidy removal and how it was affecting them. Now, that aspect of this, is that not enough in terms of curbing and reducing the amount of corruption we have in our system to take off fuel subsidy and find a way to stabilize it you know, before we you know, find quote unquote, the perfect solution for the interiors? The marketers who divert the refined product are licensed marketers by Nigerian government. Are they ghosts? No, they are not. Are they invisible? No, they are not. Are they mightier than the Nigerian law? Are they mightier than the president of Nigeria? So, who should be held responsible? The government or the citizens? The government. Then, so, if you know that these foil are being diverted when they are being refined, brought back to the country, you license those people, you have their companies' uh, registration numbers. What if, what if the government doesn't know who these people are? Then and it so means there's a collusion between the government and the marketers who are diverting the foil. There's complicity there. So how does that concern the common man who doesn't even have money to buy one gallon of foil? So my, my question then he should bear the consequences of the complicity between government and the marketers? Let me ask a question. If you were in government, what would you rather do when something you are paying heavily for is being stolen from, quote-unquote, under your nose? How would you solve the problem to not affect the masses? See, most times, if you, are, if you don't have that strong will as a leader definitely you won't be able to deal with difficult situations in the first place. Okay. The strength of your character as a leader also matters. If you are not a direct beneficiary of that particular corruption taking place in that sector, it also matters. Now, in this instance, situation where you know and you know and you are the one even telling Nigerians that, the refined products being imported into the country are diverted. Seize their license in the first place. But you don't, know who, they, but you don't know who they are. 
You don't yeah, know who you, means, you don't know who these persons means, are. It means so you're basically means, you're basically trying to cut off the supply of the corrupt practices from its head. It means it means Nigerian government is running. In, in fact, it is ghosts that run this country. It means we don't even know what is happening. You can't say the mainstay of your economy and you don't know who runs the entire sector. No, it, it, it's laughable. Certainly, just like the oil exploration license given to, 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 to some cabal who have oil wells. You want to tell us that you don't know them. If you go to NNPC, you know those that are licensed to operate. Even when you talk about the, 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 the OPEC, within the OPEC community, those that export the crude oil, OPEC members know them. They are licensed because you go to NNPC, you hear OPEC allocation and non-OPEC allocation of the crude oil. Who are those financiers coming to buy the oil, the, the OPEC allocation in NNPC? So these are issues that no one would tell us that those people are anonymous. They are people that are licensed by the same cabal in government. And the government, it, to me, is a, is a class struggle. Those that are within the power, corridor of powers, are the ones fighting among themselves. So this one who has power today, who, he, he used the power to victimize the other person. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, the masses will be at the receiving end. Definitely, if you want to deal with this issue, does that mean that you have cop corruption in the oil and gas sector now by removing the subsidy? Maybe they think they have. No. Now, there are there's, there's downstream sector, midstream sector, and the upstream sector in the oil and gas. Yeah. Which, which area now have you addressed the issue? You match some of the oil and gas sectors uh, under uh, President Buhari. Uh, I think DPR, uh, price, petroleum price regulatory agency, and one midterm something, then petroleum equalization fund, we are all brought together as one agency. All these years, we know sometimes there are this World uh, Bank IMF uh, downsizing and right-sizing the public sectors in order to reduce cost in governance and all that. But if we are saying that we target fighting corruption, we know that those that are perpetrating corruption are citizens of this country. Some of them are licensed mega corporates because multinational corporations can, like Ajib or ExxonMobil cannot come into this country and operate without being licensed. I've been to work in a company in Portacot when I was a union leader there. It's, it's, a, it's a multinational corporation, actually. When we were being ten, uh, charged for taxes, you know, it was a, a heavily, you know, tax system, you know, where, where most of us were, were paying what we didn't even know. What I did was to send some of my members to go to River State Ministry of Commerce and Trade to find out what every level, assuming you are employed with, uh, as a graduate, grade level, whatever, yes. what, what should be your tax that you should pay every month? They gave us the, the, the facts and figures there. And we discovered that even the company that we've been working for for like four years as at that time had not paid its own tax, multinational corporation in this country, for four years. Why they, have not, they have not even renewed their own registration. Why were they even? And they were still operating in this country. So who should we blame? The government. Multinational, Nigerian cannot run, like let's say Innocent Motors cannot go to maybe the United States and run business of car manufacturing. Without, if you, you, you avoid tax even one month, you should know the consequences. Yes. Yeah. But here, 
It's, you can go for you, four you years. Say, yeah, you can do what you want. Here we say it's open door policy. Open door policy, what is the terms of your open door policy? Invoicing, okay, when people are bringing what they, they have, maybe importing into our country, right? They, 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 you don't charge them. But when you are exporting your own product, they charge you. Hi. So is that open door policy? So there are issues that we have to adopt sound policies that will address this issue. It's not by one man, you know, it's not by fiat coming to say, I'm removing subsidy, therefore uh, I've, 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 I will cop corruption in oil and gas sector. It's not true. Well, that, 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 could, be, that could be a step in copying corruption. Well, that's what you think. But as for me, I need a broad policy package. Policy package. Let there be policy. Subject the policy to analysis, to test whether it's going to stand the test of time. All right. Um, to leave the economy because of a want of time, the EU report about the election has raised hairs. The media person, spokesperson for the presidency, Mr. Daly Alake, came out recently to condemn in his words the jaundice report from the EU. He said that the EU report is unfair, it is biased. According to him, the EU did not have enough people on ground for it to conduct such experiments and give a report that is tangible. He also went on to say that the EU's report has... The EU, in its words, were trying to sabotage Nigeria's system and they were giving advice to Nigerians when we don't need it. From your observation and from the conversations you've heard in the last three to four months post the election, do you think EU were biased in their report? Or do you stand with Dili Alake and saying, hey, this is what it is. You don't have your right to tell us what to do. It's we are an independent mm. country. Or in the words of um, our, our friend, um, the one and only Femi, also again, the former minister of aviation that is always, you know, Adisha. on the news. Yeah. Um, is it that they are trying too hard to impinge on our freedom as a people? Or do they have the right to tell us, hey, from what we observed, your election process was terrible? My brother, we, we have electoral laws. Even without the EU observer mission to Nigeria. We have electoral laws existing. The first question is, did INEC follow the guidelines? You know, there's guideline that is electoral law. Yes. The guideline is meant for conducting that election for that period. Then the electoral laws are the laws that subsist even after that general election. Yeah. Did INEC follow the guidelines and the electoral laws in the conduct of the last elections? Number one question. Nigeria is a member of international community. Yes. Belongs to some committee of nations, rules governing elections. We are proud whenever we see European Union observer mission to Nigeria coming to observe our elections. Since 1999, European Union has been sending observer missions to Nigeria. I've had the cause to meet with the head of the delegation from 1999 to 2015. Yes, I met with her somewhere in Abuja, ahead of the 2019 general elections. And she was to take reports concerning security, concerning uh, uh, infrastructure, communications, telecommunication infrastructure, and submit it to the European Union Parliament on Nigeria's election ahead of 2019. 
Now, why do we need international observer missions? Because there are some best standard practices when it comes to elections, right? And how long is our democracy? We copy democracy from the Western world. And these international governmental organizations like the European Union, they have their own standard, like the ECOWAS have protocol on good governance and elections. So international intellectual community sat down and drafted these protocols for best practices in election matters. Now, there we are here in this country to observe our elections and tell us what they are seeing. And you know, of course, an observer simply means, being an observer simply means you are neutral. Yes. Yeah. You watch whatever happens and you don't even correct whenever they are going wrong. You only observe and you take note of what is going on. Assuming someone walks into the studio, an expert, maybe a journalist or media expert, is to come here as an observer or investigator, is to watch what is happening here, whether you followed your guidelines as you're supposed to start this program or not. He will not tell you you're doing wrong or anything, but he will just take note of everything. At the end of the day, he will give reports. Yes. yes. Now, this European Union have been giving reports to Nigeria, and Nigerian government has been using their reports at the end of every general election from 1999, 2003, 2007, 2011, 2015, 2019, then 2023. You are faulting European Union observer emission reports. On what ground? On what ground? You are a participant. If you were an active participant in the process, you know your motivations, you know your interest, and when you misbehave, you think you are doing the right thing because you are interested in the process. But someone who observes you will look at it, will say, okay, but we're seeing your laws. We're seeing the guidelines. But that's not how you were behaving on that day. But you may be unconscious. But some, some people might say that the European Union might be, some say subtly, some say, you know, um, expressly trying to sabotage us. Because according to Daily Alake, sorry to cut you short, he said they had gotten information prior to the uh, release of the report that a certain body was going to give out a report that would undermine the process. According to him, the process was credible. So if those of us who are here, according to Daily Alake, know the process is credible, why then should we depend on an external body who, according to him as well, have ulterior motive to sabotage our democracy? You see, you see, uh, uh, the international media organizations arrived in Nigeria, I think, on the 18th or on the 19th, before the presidential election on 24th February. I know the day they arrived in Nigeria. CNN and all that. Now, who invited them? Right? Number one question. African Union had their own observer mission on the 2023 general elections. ECOWAS. Now, what was the report given from even within the African continent? Some, one of the observers was even saying, or representative, was even saying that he watched over a crime scene, not elections in Nigeria. That is from the African continent, not even the European Union. But then that, 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 now, that might be taking one, one, one event and generalizing it to different polling units. Well, well, well. Now, in some cases, 
we may select some cases in the electoral in the election process. In some states or in some elections, they went smoothly, transparently, and people accepted the outcome of the elections. Right? Yes. But the whole book of concern about the 2023 elections, both National Assembly, Presidential, Governorship, and the House of Senate, is the presidential election where Nigerians are more concerned and the international community is also concerned. Now, for example, for example, if did, did INEC know that Amazon is the host of the server? Did INEC know? I don't know. They obviously should know. Fine. They should have no, known. They should have known, right? Yes. But today, if you said there was glitch or there were glitches when you are uploading the results, but Amazon is even threatening to sue you. Because they say you got it from their own end. Yes. Yes. You are tarnishing the, the image of their organization. So, does that mean that Nigerian government is trying to hide something? Then you know from expert point of view something that you depend on international community, you subscribe to that, and you are leveraging on it to conduct your elections. At the end of the day, you are the one debunking their reports. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense anyway. We brought beavers from outside the country. Were the beavers produced here? No, they, they, were, were, imported. they were imported. Yeah. Is it our technology? No. So, what are we saying? So, sometimes, instead of our leaders or politicians to look inward and address the problems that are being raised, they will begin to shy away from it, right. begin to apportion blames, mm. begin to dodge that, those critical issues that would have addressed our electoral process and give us a transparent process. You know, in electoral democracy, mm. once you don't have credible electoral process. You will not have credible leaders in place. Mm. Because I do. I told someone that maybe uh, the president Tinubu, he's not taking the masses into cognizance because he felt masses did not vote for him. But assuming he knows that he was really voted by the masses, he should have sh- shown concern for the masses first before taking decision on any policy that affects the generality of Nigerians. All right, let's look in boldly, as you said. Let, let's talk about, because we still have a um, few more years to conduct another election. We still yeah. have our next election will be 2027. And according to the EU Observer, it says our election still needs um, further legal and operational reforms to enhance transparency, inclusiveness, and accountability. So how do we then improve our electoral process? You said we're copying, copying the democratic system of government from the Western world. And the EU observers have been here since 1999, and they are still observing elections that we run in the country, Nigeria, Due to the fact that we're tagged the giants of Africa and every eyes is on us, how then can we improve our electoral process? That come 2027, we wouldn't be making the same mistakes that we are seeing or that we have seen in 2023. You know, my problem with legislation in Nigeria is that we make the laws for ourselves and we agree that we are going to be guided by the laws we've made for ourselves. Yes. At the end of the day, we are the ones that will even decide again. We will set the law aside to do things our own way. Mm. That has been the practice since 1999. We've had, you know, INEC has changed from FEDECO to uh, to NEC before INEC. INEC, yeah. Right? 
Now, why this change in nomenclature? But has it improved in its operations, in the way it conducts elections? Changing nomenclature has not changed anything. Yeah. We still experience the same cases of election rigging every now and then. We have a scene where National Assembly has amended electoral laws upon electoral laws. Even the last one that was amended, 2022, yes. so it was, was applauded. It was applauded that we right. We did that, We've yeah. got the best. So, the, so we so, so we isn't does. it? Yes. But today we see crime. Mm. Mm. Whenever the election is conducted after amendment. We say get back, to, go back to the same thing. Like well, what people will say, the, the dog going back to its vomit. Mm. So the problem is the attitude. So that's what we it's should be working on. Mm. Nigerians should change their attitude. Let them obey the laws they made for themselves. If we don't obey our own laws, nobody from outside the country can obey the laws for us. Mm. When those people come in, they are not using their own electoral laws in their own country. They're using our they electoral judge laws. What is happening? They use our own electoral laws. So I'm of the opinion that well, you talk about inclusivity. I feel that um, inclusion, whether well, some some emphasize the issue of gender. Uh, well, I I have my reservation when it comes to that because the inclusivity I, I most times I do focus on those that are disabled. Mm. How do they participate? Because any government policy affects them as well. Definitely. Now they have the, the right to express their own choice through voting. In I think in Botswana or Kenya, they they, they have they have uh, an electronic voting system where just like this, uh, the blind typewriter. Yes. So they devise such a voting machine for, for the disabled so that they will be able, even if you can't see, you can touch, and you know the candidate you want to vote for. Mm. So how did that happen? It came as a result of advocacy from the civil society. They came up with such, such policies they pressured on the government, and the government, the, the, the lawmakers make it a policy, and they made it a law, and it works. That's inclusivity. Now, when you want to talk about gender, which is part of the inclusion and what people are saying mm. as well, I have not seen a law in Nigeria that forbids women from contesting election. I have not seen that law. Mm, if there is ha- anyone, we don't, we don't have that law because right? anyone has the right. But but what is there paramount is what should be the advocacy from the civil society. Maybe an affirmative action might work. Affirmative action uh, plan. Most times you say thirty five percent. You know, include yes. uh, appointments to women in. Uh, cabinet. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can, we can push it further and say that affirmative action in terms of representation but, in political parties. Well, what if you give that and you discover that women did not even contest election to, to, to occupy those positions? Are you going to bring someone without going through election, contesting the election and won, then you made that person to be a member of the parliament? No, but, but then it, it has to be that, okay, let's say we have 360 seats of the House of Representatives, yes. right? If you're talking of uh, 35% affirmative action, mm. right? 
across the federal constituencies in Nigeria. Is it the duty of men to go and tell women to go and contest for those seats? But, but, or but, but there should be a form of motivation. That's a form of motivation. Could be political orientation. The affirmative action could be a form of motivation to say to them, "We have created something for you that ensures that I won't say the bar is lowered, but ensures that you get something." Because again, just to segue a bit, one of the reasons why a lot of people complain about when it comes to gender inclusivity in Nigerian politics is that the process is designed such that it fits only men financially in terms of the physical and mental rigors necessary. It doesn't allow for everybody to be involved. So some would say if you have an affirmative action, it means that women don't feel so much pressure. They know now that if they put in the work, they will get what they need. Now, if you can help us answer that in 30 seconds so that we can open the phone line. Let's look at our cultural values. In some societies here in Nigeria, you discover that they believe that either religious uh, orientation, that women cannot lead over men, right? The case in Adama, that woman, uh, Binadi, sorry, she was almost like stigmatized, you know, how can a woman be a governor over a state like that and all that. So we have to embark on certain level of orientation, changing our cultural values and religious values as well, as that affects the perception of women when it comes to leadership. But in terms of appointments, the affirmative action plan can actually work because if the president is gender sensitive or the governor is gender sensitive just the way Governor Mutfan is, he says that the, 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 the nine, ten-man committee or the nine-man committee of the local government transition chairman, all the secretaries must be women. So it means the 17 local government of the state, they are going to have women as their secretaries. They are going to look for competent women to, yes, to women. have those positions. So you see, in terms of appointment, the leader has the right and at his own discretion to include women or to be gender sensitive. But when it comes to election, it has to do with some cultural orientation, religious orientation, which will now motivate the women participation. All right. Thank you so much for that. Well, we'll have to open the phone lines right now for our listeners to be a part of the conversation. 090-5566-6699-081-218-77777. And head on to our social media platform, www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss and off Twitter at JFM Joss. I'll take the numbers again, 90 5566 Hello. Good morning. Hello, hello, good morning. It's morning. Radio Mama. I don't know. It's Radio Mama. I don't know. Calling from Rantia. Go ahead, Radio Mama. Um, your, your guys have said it all, you know. Let me tell you something. I was really disgusted with the reaction of the federal government on the EU report. Mm. With all that is happening in that tribunal, if you're following it. In fact, I used to have good things when I listen to all the revelations uh, they, they are put there. And they have the audacity to be questioning the EU report. Instead of them to go to the drawing board, and fix the thing. 2027, you're talking about. Quote me anywhere, if we're alive. It will be worse than what happened in this particular election. If nothing is done about changing who appoints the INEC chairman. So the Transnational Assembly should amend whatever is to be amended. Mm. Let the INEC chairman and its electoral commissioners no, no longer be the prerogative of the president. Let the Judicial Council take over. That is the only way we can have a credible election, honestly speaking. I don't need any apology from them. People who are saying they should come and apologize. There's no apology. Let them. All I, all I know is that 
the, the, the justice we have, only God, let God touch them and let them give the correct verdict. Mm. And that reminds me of what uh, uh, Muhammad Mahagali said. He said that the greatest court is the court of conscience. That was why Omar Yeradua was blessed memory. Even when they won the Supreme Court case, he came up for and told us that, that the election that brought him uh, to power was fraudulent. And that was why he started making amends. Mm. So that is it. So there's a court of conscience. All right. Let's not be upon Nigeria. Thank you so much, Radio Mama. Hello, good morning. Uh, good morning, Adikia and Mecca and guests in the house. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Jintsad, please reduce the volume of your radio set and move away from it. Thank please. you, Adikia. Go ahead. You know what Chassi said this morning? Uh, even heaven know that I'm not fan of Tinubu. But Adikia, he won this election. Rightly, I will support him. But they are the one that invite the EU to come and observe this election. Now they turn around and telling telling Nigerians that uh, EU don't have right to tell them what to do. What a shame! Mm. That's why he, he, he made it clear that uh, this is wrong. He said that this is wrong. We are all had it. That was what he said. Uh, a house of assembly and a house of rest resort were uploaded. But they are telling us that uh, the presidential own has issues. They have decided to manipulate everything. Let them come out to te- and tell Nigerians that see what happened, see what happened. We decided to give Tinubu this uh, 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 result or this election because he said that it is done. But unfortunately, they are telling us we Nigerians that vote. See, Abigail and Jamaica, the day of, of, of this election, I personally observe this election. Most of the units in this state, yeah. if you go there, APC in presidential may get only one vote. I'm telling you, no. even, even some of the, your correspondents come to our area, monitor the election. Yeah. All of us know what happened. Mm. So let us come out and tell us, see what is. Is on the ground so that if we can forgive them, we forgive them. We cannot. We just we just tell them that. Let them be like that. All right. God bless you, my brother. Thank my you, sister. Thank you so much, Jesus. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where you calling us from? My name is Suleiman from Magama. All right, Suleiman, go ahead. Let uh, let me just make my comment briefly. Thank you so much for making it brief. Yes, the issue of this uh, EU report. Yes. Concerning the general election or more especially the presidential election. Mm. You know, we never expect that the election will hundred percent perfect. Yeah. But all I know is ninety nine percent of the election was perfect. Okay. Because we see how the election went. Only that while we have the problem, you know, we have never played religion and tribalism of the 2023 election. That I see many people are saying that the election was not going well. But as far as concerned, see that Nigeria has conducted election. We have never conducted free, fair, and credible election like this 2023 election. Mm-hmm. So that's why we are advising even the people who are challenging Aladia Hamad that you are just working on the tribunal, they should just withdraw their position to this. Let's join hand together. This country, what we need now, to join hand together to make sure that we move this country ahead. Not that to uh, accusing uh, Aladia Hamad, Bola Tinubu has already, as well as the Nigerian president, 
least they should just forget about what happened. Mm-hmm. We know that even if you can remember 2007 when Raji uh, he said the election that brings him into power that is just an error, but mm-hmm. you will see what he can do. So let's uh, just see what they can do about what happened, all the error that happened in 2023 election to correct that kind of thing. They should forget about it. They should just withdraw their position. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much, Sully, for your contribution. We'll head on to our social media platform and we would read comments from there. On Facebook, um, interesting comments here. Asabogun, As, Asobagun, forgive me, Francis says, either EU or any organization that witnessed our past elections and repo- reported the way they saw it is not even a problem to me because election is a process which we will refuse to practice it openly, but play the whole thing in secrecy, monetize the whole process, and what do we expect from the observers he asked? Are your daily Agbabiyaki says, Thank God I was at my polling units. I saw them. We exchanged greetings. The EU observers were on ground to witness all that took place at the polling units in Nigeria, so they cannot be far away from the truth. I am not surprised, he says. Izang Atsi says, Good morning. Let's absolutely things that are tough when we are going to get it. When are we going to get it right as Nigerians? He asks, We are tired of staying at home. Governor BCM, please do something urgent about the strike. May God help us in this country. Thank you so much. Felkuka Factors Go On says, The EU reports might be correct or not, but what have they done on the report? We shouldn't be put into any worries by some people that can't do anything to change our situation, he says. Comrade Dawas Longa Dawas says, Obeying the law of the country, the most important thing Nigeria would do because in this country, our leaders don't have respect for the rule of law. The greatest achievement we will get in our dear states is to live in peace with one another, respect each other's religions, and forget about ethnic differences. More wisdom from God to my dear governor to tackle the insecurity in Plata State, he says. Sunday, Moses Evi Evi says, and this is quite deviating from the conversation, but I read it anyways. The young girl that scored the highest in Jam did her best. If Jam has any problem with her score, let them seek redress because Jam complained that her score in their portal is being manipulated. Did INEC send presidential results to their portal? All the sons in Nigeria should rise up and defend that innocent girl. Well, those are all the comments we have right now on Facebook. I'm going to move over to Twitter this morning. Slim J, comedian at Comedian Slim is saying, good morning, JFM. I love uh, what Mr. Emmanuel is saying in the studio. May God continue to increase him. I wish Nigerians can reason like the way it is. Um, I just pray that the present government can look into the economy situation and see how the poor masses are suffering. And else Makinmani says, it's not news that some European nations don't want us as a nation and for that predict Nigeria to collapse years back. With all the elections across the globe, why are we their priority to discuss and why not submit their findings to their panel as evidence? These people don't mean well for us. He also says our economy has suffered from poor and inconsistent policies for long and has cost us more than enough. But with proper policies and programs with sincerity of purpose, this nation will thrive again. And the signs are here. Let's be hopeful and supportive and endure as sacrifice for better days. I'll give um, okay, one, okay, more one more comment, comment. On, on Facebook. 
Um, Superboy first, Matek says, though everybody's entitled to his opinion, but he says one of our guests, one of somebody, I don't know if it's a guest or a caller, said the election is one of the best. And Suleiman Jabir said, it says that the election in 1999 was perfect, according to him. All right, we'll, we'll give you a so far to react to some of the comments from okay. our listeners and okay. also off Abigail, social media. Abigail, you see, um, from the legal framework of our electoral process, I'm the opinion that there should be punitive measures for even those conducting the elections. Mm. Because if we make it a law that if you buy mere intention or by act, any, any form of action that you put in place to jeopardize or to tamper with the electoral process, mm. you should be prosecuted. I think at that point in time, even those election officials who are induced by money or by any form of inducement, they will be able to well, stop. Well, we, well, we see no. time, time. sorry to cut you short, that when they make rules like that and when they see that they are, they are part of it, they kind of want to change the rules. Well, what we're saying is that at the end of the day, there should be evidence. Once there's evidence against you that this is what you did when the election was going on, you should face the wrath of the law. Like what happened in the Adamawa, the 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 returning officer who gave exactly results the, the, without the, the, no the 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 INEC, uh, resident commission yes, yes yes who, who gave, declared whereas he is not supposed to be the one to declare, declare the election mm. so now yes you know Nigerian way uh, that he was arrested he was released they don't know his whereabouts now stuff like that so the issue will definitely or somehow somewhat will just melt in the air mm. and it will disappear. So that's the Nigerian culture that we are battling with. So I'm of the opinion that the president should be a leader enough mm. to ensure that those laws are complied with to the letters. And secondly, if there will be any reform in INEC, yeah. I have always insisted that the political parties should have their representative in INEC. INEC should be run as a committee. Not a single man appointed by the president, and the president is giving him directive to, okay, I'm appointing you or I'm renewing your tenure, mm. maybe based on patronage, for my re-election in 2027. Then you think the, 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 the INEC chairman will not do the bidding of the president? But in a situation whereby political parties have representative and the commission is run as a committee, mm. no longer a commission, Civil society have a representative, NBA have a representative, security agencies have a representative. You will see how this election is going to be run transparently because no party will allow any member of the committee to jeopardize the chances of his own candidates. So if we are going to do reform in our electoral laws, we have to ensure that that angle of INEC which is the prime suspect of the entire rigging in the election mm. that we have experienced so far. The securities have played a role, but if INEC will stand firm to tell the security that this is not, this will not happen, I don't think there will be any security 
personnel on duty posted to just ensure law and order that will tamper with the election process. Mm. So INEC is the prime suspect in all these election malpractices we've experienced. And by the time we reform in ten INEC, seconds, that yeah. will address some of the issues. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Emmanuel Zofman, for being a guest on the show this morning. This was Let's Talk on your Super Good Radio Station, J101.9 FM. The news comes up by 10 o'clock. Keep your dials locked on. Good morning. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 